Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Today, I'm going to share with you one of my more regrettable moments in my HMO career today. In fact, of my whole business career, this is not a moment I want to ever relive. It was a bit of a balls up on my part. I take full responsibility, but we're several years on and I'm finally ready to shed this from me. I thought it could make a fun episode. And I talk a lot about marketing, direct to vendor marketing. Well, in today's episode, you're going to find out exactly how not to do it. Don't go anywhere. And please enjoy this story at my expense. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. So, as you know, I am a big fan of direct-to-vendor marketing. It's something that I've done for a long, long time, still continue to do, and have found fantastic results from. In fact, if it wasn't for direct-to-vendor marketing, if it wasn't for the correspondence and the mail and the campaigns that we sent out to our database physically in the mail with Royal Mail, then we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now. You know, I wouldn't have the business that I have now. I wouldn't have done anywhere near as many deals. I wouldn't have met anywhere near as many people that I ended up doing business with. So direct vendor for me and direct marketing has been a huge part and continues to be a huge part of my business. It's helped with the rent to rent stuff. It's helped with purchased properties. It's helped with other stuff as well that I was never expecting. But when I was a little bit younger and maybe a little bit green, I was still finding my feet. And like a lot of 20-something entrepreneurs, probably felt like I knew it all. Perhaps a little bit overconfident, didn't really stop to think about what I was doing, cut corners, was in a rush to get the results. And on this particular occasion, sort of paid a price for it. So in today's episode, I want to tell you about this massive balls up that I made. I embarrassed myself, I embarrassed my team. I caused a lot of stress and anxiety, actually. Fortunately, we're past it, we're beyond it, and I don't think there have been, I don't think there have been any lasting repercussions, but still, it's not something I will ever repeat. I've ever since 
employed a totally different tactic to my direct to vendor campaigns. So, where do we begin? Well, I think from 2014 15, I've been sending out direct to vendor stuff, various different types of mail, letters. I've tried it all, you know, the handwritten stuff, the scrumpled up stuff, the leaflets through the door. I've tried it all. And as we had picked up some momentum in the business, we'd done our big crowdfunding raise, we had a bit of cash behind us. I was feeling more confident, you know. We were getting the results. We were bringing the deals on. We were having the conversations. I was feeling pretty good about stuff. This direct vendor stuff was working. I'll tell you what, I'm going to to try something new. I'm going to give these guys something they've never had before. We don't need to do leaflets anymore. We can do something different. So my grand plan was to send them some really useful and informative information about their HMO license. But naively, and for all the wrong reasons, I made the cover note of this appear as though this was something much more important than it really was, that it was something that they weren't already aware of, that they needed to open. So we were sending a lot of mail to our landlord database. Our landlord database is all HMO landlords. So naturally, we knew that they were going to have an appetite for this sort of stuff. Now, the intention wasn't to trick anyone into opening the mail. It was just to make it seem really important and like it was something that they absolutely needed to read because it was so important. But we didn't and certainly didn't intentionally try to make it look like it was coming from anybody else or like it was something from the council or or the government. But I think there was a mistake in the marketing, the actual physical look of this and even the way that it was written. But regardless, the information inside was a breakdown of what the HMO licensing policy constituted of, what the mandatory requirements were. And in my wisdom, I had sketched out a diagram and I'd sent this diagram on to our designer who knocked it up into a nice something quite pretty, quite fancy on a piece of paper in there. And it was really just telling landlords at what stage they needed a HMO licence. Three beds didn't need a HMO licence, but they did constitute HMO, so they needed planning permission. Five beds on three or more floors at the time, they did need a licence. That was the mandatory guidelines. But there was also a selective licence process in play in this particular area. So a lot of people needed to take that into consideration. So it was a slightly complicated diagram that really wasn't telling anybody anything different. It was just meant to be a reminder and a useful breakdown of what you needed to know. And the idea was that this showed that we were the experts. We were the authority. We knew what we were talking about. And if anybody needed any advice or guidance or indeed help with managing their properties or wanted to sell them, then we were the party to talk to. I was putting myself out there as the expert. You know, we'd made this look like it was a really important piece of information that everybody needed to read. Then inside, we put this information with a bit of context about what it was, a bit of copy, a bit of text, and then this diagram. And we thought, this is a great piece of content. Brilliant. Sketch it all up, sent it over to the designer, and I left it with one of my staff members. In fact, a temporary staff member (laughs) doing an admin role. And I flew off to India for a charity event. And I thought, great, all sorted, they'll do it. They knew how to send the campaign out, something we'd been doing a long time. And I didn't check it. I sent it to the designer. The designer sent it back to my office. My team picked it up. My temporary admin staff put it all together and then ultimately sent out the campaign. We were sending out thousands of letters. So this was, we were sending this to a lot of people and I didn't check it. I didn't ask anybody to check it. And my staff wouldn't have thought to check it because. I 
wrote it. I sketched it out. I'm the expert. Well, the content inside was wrong. I'd made a mistake, just an oversight. I knew what the rules and conditions and the HMO licensing policy was, but my rubbish diagram wasn't clear. It was wrong. I put something in the wrong place. And actually the way it read was that if you had, I think, three bedrooms, then no matter what, you needed a HMO license. And I didn't check it. And this went out to our entire database. And then on the front cover, I had not left enough instruction about what the branding on the cover note was to look like. So on the front, it was just the landlord's address, and that was on the envelope. And on the cover note, there was no branding. There was nothing. The diagram looked all fancy. And then it was signed by me at the bottom, but actually I'd forgotten to give them the template of our copy page, you know, the bit that has our brand on and our contact details and things like that. So it went out with a pretty limited amount of surrounding information. It looked unusual. And I think recipients wondered whether this was from the council. Who is this from? Is this right? Has this changed? All of a sudden, they got this letter that was suggesting that they needed a license for something that they didn't need a license for. I was wrong. And they didn't quite know who this was from. And we hadn't helped and we'd confused them. And can you imagine the response? I flew off to India and my team started to get the phone calls. There was obviously a contact detail on there, whether it was our phone number or email or something like that, or whether people just, you know, had some of our previous records. But anyway, we started to get contacted by landlords, people confused and unsure. And of course, my staff answering the phones, they themselves very confused. The phone was ringing every couple of minutes and someone was asking, you know, for clarification. And that continued for over a day, two days, three days, people still calling. Some people very, very upset. Some people knew that we were wrong, the information was wrong. And of course, we couldn't really say much other than apologise. I wasn't there, I wasn't even in the office, my staff were. But I was getting told, I was out in India, literally in the middle of the desert in India. And I start receiving comments from my team saying, you know, there's a problem, something's gone out and a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of people are calling, what what do you want us to do? I'm in the middle of the desert panicking about this. And it got worse. We got called by the council and they didn't know why we'd sent out this information. And, you know, they were saying, you've sent out some information. We don't know who you've sent it out to, clearly a lot of people, but the information is also wrong. And then we got called from the university because the university have been informed about this. And on our website, we had had a picture, not that we'd taken from the university, but it was a picture of the city with the university on. We, we, you know, we have a lot of student accommodation. Um, as far as we were aware, it was a public image. And like I say, I was still very green at this time, still learning a lot and still clearly making a lot of mistakes. So in the end, yeah, we upset a lot of people, got a lot of phone calls. Obviously, we put a plan of action in place and I reviewed it and realised the mistake and told my team, look, contact everyone back, tell them that we apologise, profusely apologise, change this, change that, you know, just let them know that we're really sorry. Apologies for any confusion. But we really just had to own it. It was a massive, massive mistake. It was so embarrassing for us as a company. It was really embarrassing for me as a leader of my team, the expert, proposedly, anyway, I embarrassed myself in front of my business partner. And of course, I embarrassed myself in front of our potential customers. Some of them were already our customers. Now, 
I can't take it back. It happened. I learned from it. And like I said, I don't think there have been any lasting repercussions because we've since gone on to send out lots of consistently very good and high quality content because I learned from my mistakes. I changed the policy. We're very clear about who we are and our marketing and branding. And we make a point of ensuring that people know who we are so that there's no confusion. I also make a point of checking everything that we send out. We have a process of making sure that all of the information is double checked and triple checked. Not only for the the quality and the validity of the information, but also just for things like typos and spelling and spacing. I wasn't paying enough attention to that sort of stuff. And it just looked wrong. It looked terrible. So I've lived with this ever since. It still haunts me because it was that bad. Honestly, so many people were calling and so many people were frustrated, rightly so, about this. But I think we have managed to win back the popular opinion now, but it took a while. Learned a huge amount from this. We'll never, ever, ever do anything like that again. But there you go. I wanted to share this with you because it was the most embarrassing moment in my my professional HMO career to date. Got it wrong massively. Totally embarrassed myself. Embarrassed everybody. Caused a great deal of confusion. Wasted a lot of people's time and learned a lot. So we'll never, ever, ever do it again. But there you go. Most embarrassing moment, I think, of my professional HMO career today. That is it for today's short episode. There's nothing really of any particular value. I just wanted to share this. Part of the growing pain of building businesses, but don't make the same mistake that I made. Check your content. Make sure you're sending good quality content out. Don't try and allude to be anything that you're not. Make it clear. There you go. Hopefully a few things that you can take away from today's episode. Don't forget that I'm on handover in the HMO community. It's our free Facebook group. If you haven't already joined, then come and check it out. It's the place to be. If you've got questions to ask, if you can offer advice and support to other people, come and check it out. It really is the best place to be if you're starting scaling or systemizing your HMO property business. And don't forget, if you want to take things to the next level, then you need to be checking out the hmoroadmap.co.uk. It's the one-stop shop. It has everything you could possibly need to help you grow and build that HMO property business that you really want. Looking ahead to 2022, if next year is the year, then it is going to give you a massive head start. That's it. Thank you once again. Don't forget, I'll be right back here next time. So join me then for another installment of the HMO podcast.